Hello and welcome to this week's rendition of the Studio Cell. We're going to talk about remote collaboration. Studio Cellar. Yes. Remote collaboration. That's right. Using that wonderful, wonderful thing we call the internet. That's right. Uh, the the double-edged sword. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's just going to be Tom and I today. Uh, because we're doing an episode on remote collaboration, I did a remote interview. Um, I know we had mentioned in the last episode that I had taken a road trip down to Texas. Uh, while I was down there... Um, I spent some time with my good friend Chris, mm-hmm. uh, aka Eversive. So I've got an interview with him that we're going to play a little later on in the show. He's going to talk a little bit about what he's go- going on with his Soulglow Collective project and uh, uh, what he's going, what he's working on personally. And we'll also play uh, a tune. Yeah, it's always good. I love it when we play songs. Those are always interesting. I like it. So yeah, remote collaboration. The internet is is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, And it's also a fucking awful thing. But as far as wonderful things go, connecting the world together. I mean, think about it. What the fuck are you laughing at? (laughs) I mean, this has been talked about for so long. I mean, it's the internet. We all get the internet. No, 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 I know. Yeah, we get it. I'm saying like, before... (laughs) You know, what? Not even 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years? Oh, no, no. That was 2003. Yeah, no. I'll say 20 years ago. 20 years ago. You know, you never thought, like, all right, you're sitting in your your bedroom, you're playing bass, and you're like, oh, hey, I want to I wanna work on a song with somebody. You could, you know, find some guy on social media who's plays guitar over in Singapore or some shit, and you guys could send each other files and record over them, and you could put a whole album together that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, that's amazing. It is. It's amazing. And the same thing with the video world, you know? Oh, yeah. You can do all sorts of collaborations. You can get people to edit remotely. You can get people to provide graphics and all these other sorts of things and basically farm around the world for all the assets you need for whatever you need to make. Yeah. And that's uh, that's an incredible thing. And then even with the, uh, you know, the increase as far as storage goes with the cloud mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. FTP servers and, you know, things like I know how we use Exavault. Oh, here yeah. at the studio's cellar. Plug for Exavault. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. use that. And I, so that's 10 gig of space, and uh, we can just kind of throw things up. I mean, we, we live, Tom and I live right down the street from each other, and we still, still throw shit yeah. up on the Exavault. <laughs> <laughs> well, you use it, right? You, you're yeah. paying for it. It's yeah, storage. Exactly. That's what it's there for. But I know you work remotely. You've done, you know, uh, drum sessions for people, right? You you do a bit of that going on? where, where Yeah, you, I um. I, I wanted to get into the whole session drumming thing, and it's um, it, it's one of those things where you got to build up a reputation, and everybody's like, you know, I can't just go show up at a studio and go, hey, I play drums, let me record on your major production that you're doing, even <laughs> yeah, though you have no idea who I am. So I kind of re- I went onto some forums on the internet, and I kind of th- threw my name out there. I said, hey, you know, there's usually spots on forums for just you know the etc. section yeah. of the website. So um, one of the recording websites I, I uh, frequent for information, there's a section in there. I went in there and said, hey, guys, you know, I play drums. Uh, here's, you know, a video of me playing. Here's some of the stuff I've worked on. If you guys need any 
work on anything, just, you know, send me an email, whatever, send me a message on here, and I'd be glad to, to collaborate on some stuff. Now, how fruitful was that for you? Like, did that actually work? Did people respond to these things? It was. Well, because, you know, well, I guess I should have rephrased what I said. I, I for, Before I did that, I kind of went on and said, all right, guys, how do I go about doing this? Like, I really want to kind of do internet collaboration stuff. And they're like, oh, well, you know, you know, I showed them my video. They're like, all right, well, yeah, you got it, and you're pretty good, and yeah, just start throwing shit up on forums and stuff. And now I got a couple of messages um, mm-hmm. over in Hong Kong. I uh, I did some drum tracks for a uh, producer over there uh, on a couple of different songs, and mm-hmm. you know that was fun. It, it's it's really cool. Just even the communication, you know, just being the guy. You know, he's on the other side of the world, so I'd wake up in the morning and he'd be going to bed. I'd be like, all right, here you go, man. You know, <laughs> it's just yeah. like the handoff. And, uh, yeah, so that, and then my buddy Jose down in, uh, Manhattan, well, he's not in Manhattan, but, uh, the artist was in Manhattan. He's in, uh, he's in somewhere, one of the boroughs of New York. Somewhere. The Bronx. Let's move on. Yeah. (laughs) He, uh, reached out to me and I worked on uh, a project for him and that's pretty cool because he's... He's not that far away, so yeah. he's talked about actually having him and the artist come up here to oh, that'd be really to, cool to do some stuff in the studio. But uh, I was actually just down in New York this week, and we were supposed to get together. But it seems like every time I'm down there, our schedules never sync up. Now, what's the difference between working with like uh, like someone you met on a forum, and I know you said you've done some other work with. Uh, some of your friends from school that you, that you met and then, you know, that you all moved away and then you continue to work on stuff together even though you're all the way apart of, from the country. Uh, well, I mean, it's easier with people you know, obviously, because with Chris or like Ryan, my friend Ryan, we did kind of the Southern Metal thing for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 a lot more lax because it's kind of, it's it's free work. Like, it's like, hey, let's do something, you know? Like, yeah. Ryan would be like, hey, throw drums on this. Or Chris would be like, hey, I want some drum samples. And I could kind of take my time and dick around and, and do what I got to do and send it to them. Whereas where when I meet people on uh, the internet or who are kind of looking for drums and want to pay me, I have to be a little more cautious and uh, patient and... Uh, you know, uh, crucial of what I'm what I'm doing to make yeah. sure that they're happy and well, yeah, I can yeah. build that reputation. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's the same thing with like video. I know you were telling me earlier that you had somebody do uh, some B-roll footage for you out on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, you don't want to when you when you hire someone out anywhere basically, and and you go through the process of of seeing if they're capable enough to do it. You know, you don't want to be condescending in any way by giving them too many details about what you want, even though, I mean, if you're looking for something specific, you know, you got to let them know that you're looking for something very specific, right? Yeah. And uh, But you don't want to do that and, you know, tell them how to do their job, right? So there's a little bit of trust going on there. And, and, and you know, you, you, you pay these people, you know, however much money you've agreed upon paying, and then you expect to see a certain product when you, when you come back. And, and you can basically do anything you do for yourself you just do for them like that's kind of what i did you know when i when i go out on shoots you know i make a shot list you know i get everything i need to do i still do it to this day like okay well let me just write down all the coverage i need um it's especially if there's a lot going on like for in this instance it was for like an event right so we had to have someone go and we needed specific shots of things for the video so you know telling them that they needed to do it was kind of crucial to the end product but you know you don't want to sound like a dickhead, 
yeah. either, telling them to get exact things. You want to be professional. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be... You don't want to be a pushover when it... Because you're paying this person money. Exactly. And they're on the other side of... They could be on the other side of the world, you know? And mm-hmm. and, and it's, nerve, it's nerve-wracking on the other end, too, even because like I was saying with the drum things, it's like... Even you know when I first get the projects and I'm I'm going to start recording the drums, you know I'm anxious. I, I have anxiety. I'm like, all right, I got to calm down. I got to focus. I got to get this done because you want to make sure it's good. You want to make sure mm-hmm. that whoever is paying you is happy with it, that they get what they want. And it's a process too. I know um, with Irwin, the, the dude in Hong Kong I work yeah, with, yeah. Uh, he, you know he'll he'll send me stuff. And I'll take a run at it, and he'll go, okay, uh, you got the basic idea, but I need this, this, and this. And I'll go, okay, I'll do it again. And he'll be like, all right, better. And, you know, we'll kind of we'll kind of break it down and narrow it down until he gets exactly what he wants. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then, you know, that it goes from there. Yeah, it's, um, that, it's that collaborative process that goes on. And actually, you know, um, what I do every single day is, you know, I shoot and edit all, you know, all sorts of videos for all sorts of companies all day long. Uh, and so... It's it's a lot of the same, right? So what we're doing is we're we're making these videos, we're making rough cuts, and we're showing them to the to the clients constantly, and and we have these uh, the system where we we get notes from them. So constantly, all the editing work I'm doing is remote editing in a sense because I'm working for someone whom I don't see after the shoot, really. So it's uh it's it's kind of something I didn't really think about until right now, where it's like, well, yeah, even if I mean it's it's still remote, even if they're a half hour away. I mean, if I just don't see their face, it's always the constant feedback being given on it. Oh right, I mean, you know, you, you talk about remote, you know, I'm talking about it's doing stuff on the other side of the world, but even um, with you know the live sound they did, like I just did live sound last Friday. And just for shits and giggles, I recorded the show. And, uh, you know, I recorded it and I mixed it and I threw it up on the vault. And I was just like, here you go. You know, they don't have to mm-hmm. come to the studio to get it. It's, yeah. just, it's up on the internet uh, in a private spot. Here's the link for it. Grab it. Tell me what you think. And that's something they weren't expecting to get, right? Right. So that's that's awesome. That makes you look great when you do stuff like that. And, and we, do, we do similar stuff, you know, if we've got like a ton of footage and then we can make quick 30, 60 second supplemental pieces. It's just like, oh, we can throw those in and it just makes them happy. It makes them come back. I mean, that's what you want really, right? You want repeat business. Right. Mm-hmm. And honestly, uh, for me, dealing with the internet is a lot easier than dealing with people in person. Oh, yeah, because I can <laughs> react to what they say as you know, however I want. And you can really think about your responses or what you want to say and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And yeah, you can really like think about what you're saying to these people and you can you can kind of, I mean, I know this sounds terrible, but you can kind of like craft what you're saying. You can proofread all these these messages that you exchange with people, even if you're like trying to hire people and, and, and do stuff like that. I mean, if you think, it's all remote. I mean, even phone calls, remote communication, right? If everything gets broken down into such and, and you know, you, you you message people who, you know, you might be, you know, hiring remotely or you might be, you know, bringing them into your digs, right? You might be having them around all the time and, and you want to be able to trust those people. Yeah. I know I definitely want to um, start. I want to reach out on the Internet and kind of start like a progressive kind of rock thing because it's just it's not going. I mean, that's the other thing. If you're in a band or and you have the you have access to recording like I do, or I mean even like a small studio, mm-hmm. um, and it's harder for drums because you need the multiple mics and everything. But like a guitarist or a bassist, it's like, um, you know, if you're in 
two hours outside of Boise, Idaho in the middle of nowhere and there's no musicians around and you've got a computer and a couple microphones, you can collaborate with anybody around the world. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. The other thing about that is, you know, you could put your, your uh, like a kind of like a portfolio yeah. on the internet of your of your work and people can kind of listen and go through it and say, oh, that, I could definitely work with that guy. Yeah, and, you know what, that's all good and well and everything and, and you know, I, I definitely want to see what people have done, like for sure, before I, I even think about reaching out to them, I want to see what they've done. But I feel like the traditional demo reel, you know, I, I'm not sure I'm completely on board with that. Because I feel like it's almost a manipulation of someone's like best work. Like they're showing you the best work. I think I across, remember you telling me about this across like ten different how you, projects. How you hate demo reels? I don't. I don't hate demo reels. They are a showcase of what you've done, and yes. But I want to see a complete thing. What you've done from beginning to end that was you, not the best bits of a ton of different things that you may or may not have been completely one hundred percent responsible for. I, I don't know. Like, there are some things where it's like, you know, you see people who do lots of graphics. I know what they did, and I can, you can show me quick stuff, and I can get it. But when you when you think about camera people, or, or or you know, if you see like a director or anything like that, I don't know. The demo reel seems a bit biased, and so I, as a camera person, I would like to see someone else's work as a complete thing. And the same same with editing too, you know. Yeah. All that kind of stuff, and and. You know, that, that goes a lot to, to trusting someone is, is watching a complete work and then, you know, judging them based on that. You know, judging, not the best word, but yeah, judging. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little different in, in recording land, you know. How so? Well, because it usually, for the most part, if it's, if it's a local studio or, you know, it's an engineer, it's def- definitely one person working on the whole tracking mixing um you know experience like an isolated position yeah so if i if i go on a, a studio's website and i listen to some of the works that they put up i'm gonna go oh yeah yeah this guy's good you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the most part i mean big productions is usually there could be anywhere from three to four engineers and tracking engineers and then a guy mixing it and then you get a guy mastering it and you know it, it goes through the process yeah, what I'm what I'm afraid of most, I think, is you know watching something and really liking some parts of it, and then not knowing that those parts may have just been someone else's idea that they no, you know, I, asked I the person you. to do and it turned out well. You know, yeah. it's just you, you can't tell, and it's a it's a risk when you do that. You know, you want to go and you want to fly out to place, you want to do it yourself, but sometimes that's not in the Feasible, cards. Right? Yeah, it's, it's something you can't do. It's not in the budget or whatever, and so you got to get someone else to do it. Yeah. All right, well, since we're on the, the remote collaboration uh, topic here, uh, as I mentioned, I went down to Texas and uh, I met up with my buddy, Eversive, uh, mm-hmm. who I've known for several years now, and he does his kind of uh, his thing with his beat production and everything. So I'm going to go ahead and I am going to roll that interview now. All right, here we are with the Studio Seller exclusive down in Austin, Texas with... Eversive. What's happening? Not a lot. How's it going? Good. So, um, let's talk a little bit about what you've been working on. Like, what's, uh, what's your deal? And, uh, what kind of, what kind of music are you doing? And, uh, that sort of thing. Cool. Well, I have have a couple different things going right now. Um, for me personally, under, you know, the, the moniker Eversive, I'm working on a full length right now. Um, 
and that's dropping July 2nd. It's called Void Magic. Uh, and it's mostly an instrumental release. I might have a couple of vocal features on it, but um, yeah, it's been like two years since I put anything out, and I feel like I've come a long way and learned a lot in you know that time frame. So I'm really excited to put out something that like properly represents where I'm at, you know, as a beat maker. Um, uh, on the Soglo Collective end, um, we are we just put out a release for this producer from the UK named Flava Dre. Um, and I'm really, really happy with how it came out, really honored to release that for people. It's been very interesting to kind of make these like international connections with people as a result of like starting this up and doing this, you know. Right, he's out of the UK, right? Yeah. And then uh, before that we dropped uh, a release for this Swiss duo and it's two producers uh, this group Animinen you know and they're out in Switzerland and you know um, I was really really like honored to have that be our first release because I really really enjoy it and I think it's you know as good as anything else I'm hearing in you know this kind of like left field beat scene these days so it's cool to know that we're putting out stuff that's you know kind of the like next tier of like where things are going and everything you know it's it's just worked out really yeah, well definitely and i i mean i know i mean i've known you for a long time and when i first met you you were you know into kind of like the tech metal scene and all of that and how yeah. did you kind of transition from that into <laughs> beat making shit I don't know, how do i even explain that one uh, <laughs> well i mean uh, when we you know when we moved out there really a big part of it was you know like ed introducing me to a lot of like the like glitch hop and like uh you know the underground hip-hop all the definitive jux stuff that was coming out you know around that time like i always kind of liked east coast hip-hop even in, you know, like second or third grade, I was sneaking home, you know, Wu-Tang tapes like under the radar because, you know, I had really devout Christian parents. So, you know, they were pretty selective about what I was allowed to bring home and listen to. So, you know, so it goes way back, you know, my love for hip hop. I feel like it kind of just came back around full circle, you know, and it, even I think even in my beat work, there's definitely like some heavy elements that I've taken from you know being really deep into all the metal stuff for all those right. years you know i like most of my drums really really heavy and um you know i like a real dense like full sound um so it's definitely carried over in that realm and really i think you know me kind of veering off into hip-hop was just kind of a natural progression just things coming full circle because yeah. i can remember like you know being in second and third grade and like loving the the rap stuff I was hearing and kind of being like, man, I wish I could do this, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the cool thing too, is you can kind of do it on your own. You don't have to rely on, on uh, really other people. De and definitely, that was, that was definitely a huge factor when I decided to start producing music at home, you know? Right. I mean, plus, you know, we're, we were in apartments and stuff, so it's kind of hard to do the, the full band thing without yeah, pissing definitely. everybody off around you. So being able to throw the headphones on and work on uh, your own stuff and your own beats and your own thing is definitely a cool thing. Definitely. It's always really difficult to 
coordinate four or five people and get them on the same page and have everybody be completely dedicated to it you know and especially with all the advancements with software and technology for the home studio it's crazy not to do it yeah definitely yeah i've had a lot of fun with it you know at, at the same time i'm getting to a point now where i've been like locking myself away in solitude to work on music for so long that i'm like ready to step out and collaborate and participate with other people because I've just kind of gotten lonely in the studio you know (laughs) so that it'll be very interesting to see like what comes out of that you know I just met this artist her name's Lauren Bruno and she has a group called Lesrov and um, it's very like different realm from what I'm used to which is exciting you know she's actually she went to Berkeley College of Music up there in Boston and you know her stuff is it's interesting because you know she's like getting it arranged for string quartets and it's very like classically influenced but she has an amazing voice you know so I'm really excited to work with her and see you know where that takes us and what comes out of that nice um now talk a little bit of um a solo solo collective that's your your baby your brainchild tell me a little bit about that well, it, it, you know, it, it's strange because, you know, when I was like 15 or 16 years old, I kind of like had this idea and this vision that, you know, one day I was going to be running a label and really didn't put any more thought into it from there. And, you know, I released my, when I was still calling myself Ebers, I released my first instrumental album and it was titled The Soul Glow. And we threw a release party for it in Corpus and the release party just went really, really well. So the owner of that venue uh, had asked me to consider making that event a monthly, you know. And at the time, you know, I was stuck in Corpus and there's just not really a whole lot of artists that I think fit into the kind of like atmosphere I was trying to create for that event so you know I kept the idea in mind and then you know eventually when I moved up here to Austin you know there's a lot of really talented people kind of doing stuff that fit into what I was trying to represent so I started up that event and eventually I just realized you know it was such a tight-knit scene even like nationally and internationally and there were all these people that were just like super dope that were just underrepresented so I kind of decided to put a compilation together and uh, when I released that compilation it ended up being really well received getting a lot of blog globe like world worldwide and a whole lot of plays and downloads so I was like okay well maybe this is something that I can continue to do to kind of draw attention to my friends music and you know and even you know I think what the visions become now is just just to kind of build an in-house network of artists in multiple mediums, you know, graphic designers, videographers, all that stuff, and have it be a worldwide thing where, you know, we have all these resources available to us where we're able to work with people we know we can trust that are talented, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're ready to get to that point, you know, instead of having to deal with this ridiculous amount of, you know, middleman to get to a specific artist you know just to have that direct link and also to kind of you know foster community uh, amongst those people you know like a 
I was talking about earlier, you know, locking yourself away in the studio by yourself can, can be very like isolating and a bit maddening at times. Right. So it's cool to kind of to have somewhere to go to have a resource to kind of help you kind of get your stuff out there. If yeah, you're not really kind totally of sure on how to do that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, te- uh, you know, e- technique wise, we definitely share tricks and stuff. But I'm also trying to foster just that that community and that friendship where you have people to talk to when you feel like you know when you feel like you need that you know because i feel like when you spend a lot of time alone you end up you know kind of facing yourself to a certain degree and maybe some things that make you uncomfortable so it's good to have a group of people that you can you know reflect ideas off of and just have that you know that support you know beyond beyond even the fact that we're music makers just the fact that you know we're humans and we appreciate each other and you know that's what i'm hoping to foster and it's kind of happening it is it's just evolved very naturally on its own it's almost it's strange it's like i feel weird being called like the head honcho of it because all (laughs) i did was really like give it a name and like kind of tell people what i was aiming at with it and it kind of came together itself and built itself so all right well cool so uh where can people go and check out like flavor dre and some of the stuff that you're working on like Uh, websites uh com is so uh, where all those releases are and then you know my full link will be on on that page as well on july 2nd um and then you know we're on facebook too facebook.com slash collective you can find my personal sound uh, soundcloud page uh, soundcloud.com slash ebersive i have some tracks up there that you can go check out to get you ready for the full length so all right well thank you for doing this interview man and uh all right thank you look forward to hearing the new stuff yeah yeah all right so yeah remote interviews cool stuff i like chris he's a good guy yes i like him yeah he is i love i love my buddy chris well it's actually i mean i know you said this earlier too but that wasn't quite remote i mean you were there yeah i know we've but it was a remote location (laughs) (laughs) Texas. We went out into really the de- we went out into the desert. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> no, all right. So um, we're gonna play uh, a track that uh, that he's finished and oh, awesome. uh, sent over to me, and uh, here it is.
I like Inversive. that. Definitely Very check cool. him out. All right, Tommy, I think it's time. Is it time already? I think it's time for... Today's Picks of the Week are brought to you by Ezekiel's Tooth Powdered Seasoning. <laughs> Tooth powdered? Yeah, because you go mental without any dental on your meats. It's tooth powder. I don't want teeth in my meat. Basically, it's teeth in a pepper grinder, and you you grind the teeth on your meat. It's delicious. I bet. All right, anyway. It's delicious. For those of you who don't know what Picks of the Week is, it's when uh, we go around the table and talk about an album of the week and a movie of the week. And since it's just Tom and I, we're just going to go back and forth. <laughs> it's so yeah. lo- it's so lonely in here this week. You know week. what? It is very lonely. I think this is this is actually the first time we've gone without, you know, a third or fourth or sometimes even fifth person in here. Yeah. So it's um it's been a change of pace. Change of pace. All right. Let's uh let's do album of the week. We'll start with you. Um I am going to select Sausage. Riddles ah, Are Bound tonight for my album of the week. Love that song. Yeah, well, it's the that album. It's the, yeah, it's the it's the title track off the album, which yeah. is probably you know one of the best songs on the album. I'd have to say, uh, if not the best. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's the only song on the album. Fair enough. But um, <laughs> actually, I don't think I've listened to it. I haven't gotten to yeah, those yet. It's pretty good um, as a whole. It, it's really cool. I mean, it's I think it's the original lineup of Primus, and then they just kind of did their own thing when. You know, Primus started to grow and, and change a bit. But I really well, do like it. I thought I heard that a lot of the Sausage songs were like pre-Primus that yeah. they kind of brought back. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I heard the same. Like, maybe we can do that with Coco Mitchell someday. Maybe. But maybe like Supernova. Yeah. That would, uh, 40, I, 45 minutes Supernova uh, extravaganza. That's a terrible idea. No one liked three minutes of Supernova, <laughs> let alone 45 minutes of Supernova. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Les Claypool is, you know, obviously someone who I listen to frequently. And when I feel like taking a break from Primus, because it happens, and I want to take a little bit of a break, and I still really want something, like, bass-heavy and cool, I'll listen to some Sausage. I know I don't listen to it that often, but when I put it on, I, I, I really enjoy it. So that's my pick. And, Jimmy, what's what's your pick? My pick of the week is going to be uh, Adams for Peace. Tom York's mm. uh, new collaboration, as if he doesn't do enough already. 
I wonder uh, if he did anything remotely. I'm sure he did. Of course he does. Sure he's, he's, well, you know what? Uh, I was very surprised to hear that Flea, the bassist from yeah, the yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers, actually collaborated with him. And, uh, really? And Nigel, who is uh, involved with Radiohead. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's... It's it, you know it's what you'd expect from Tom York very atmospheric very uh, a lot of uh, more electronic elements to mm-hmm. it um, and you know that's kind of the direction he's he's gone with with his stuff yeah it's always good yeah I like I like most of the stuff I hear right but I I dig it I've, I've listened to it a few times with the with the headphones on which is really how you got to experience anything Tom York does whether it be Radiohead or his solo stuff or Adams for Peace. Now stuff. why is that? Why why what's with the Just headphone because there's, experience? There's so many subtle kind of I mean it, it's kind of for me as a as a, an engineer kind of hear those cool little uh mixing techniques and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I oh, kind of good. pick up on. And then that's hard to listen to when you're I mean obviously when you're in the car there's a lot of background noise, right? So headphones ideal. Well, I mean you can still enjoy it. Like that, but it it it's it's one of those. It's not one of those albums you put on when you're you're at a party drinking PBR and playing beer pong. You drinking, know, drinking out of a Finster mug. No, when when that's going on, you play your your typical party music, like like Rage Against the Machine. Well, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> Stranglehold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was in uh, Super Bad. Yeah, it was. It was. When yeah. I went to the party. That was a good. Uh, that was a good show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, movie. Good movie, yeah. Uh, well, actually, my movie this... I mean, it's my pick, right? I mean, you didn't say it, but I was going to say it's my pick because you can't pick twice in a row, right? Right? So it's my pick. I'm going to pick uh, not what, a movie. What the hell just happened? I'm picking a movie. Okay. Why did you just have a big spiel about it? Because you didn't actually grant me the right yeah, to I pick did. one. Did you? Yeah, I said let's move on to movie. Oh, all right. But I didn't know if you were going to pick. No, you go. I'm going. I, I just took it. No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to pick a movie this week. What I'm going to pick is I'm going to pick a show. And that show is Game of Thrones. And now I know, Jimmy, I know you don't watch this. And, I you need know, to. And I'm a very, I, I hate spoilers in any way. I mean, all I'm going to say is fucking whoa, you know, Red Wedding, my God, what the fuck, holy shit, son of a bitch, <laughs> my God. And then, you know, by the time this airs, actually, the finale would have just happened the night before. So, uh, holy shit, I can only imagine what I'll be thinking on Monday uh, about Game of Thrones. Because, it's, seriously, it's got to be one of the best sh- television shows on TV. And that's obvious because everyone loves it. And, I mean, I'm just repeating the same thing everyone says all the time. Which what, is Game uh, of Thrones! What season is this? This is the... Gonna, uh, Sunday's going to be the season three finale. Oh, okay. So I could probably get caught up. Oh, dude, there are 10 episodes a season, so there's only going to oh, be 30 episodes. It's 30 hours. Is it on Netflix? No. Uh, no, it's not. But it's on HBO Go if you have it. Uh, and no. uh, I don't think you do. But um, it's like Lost is, is one of my – if Lost is my favorite show, like, ever. You know, it was one of the most involved. It's an amazing journey, right? And the longer Game of Thrones is on, the more it actually competes with my love for Lost. And I didn't think that was actually possible. But Game of Thrones is, is proving me wrong. It's fantastic. Huh? God. I'm definitely going to have to get into that. Yeah, and I haven't read the books either. I, I didn't want to be like, you know, talking like I'm a book reader or whatever. But, no, I just watched the show. I do have the books, and I do want to read them, but they're really long. And that scares me. Yeah. About, about books. Oh. Anything over, like, 30 pages, I get anxiety. I can basically just stick to the Mercer Mayer novels. So what's your movie? 
I'm actually going to go with a show, too. Um, you can't do that. I did that. Oh, I'm doing it. All right. This summer, actually coming up real soon, the series finale of Dexter. Oh. Um, I've been a big Dexter fan uh, for, for you know, a couple of years now. Um, I know a guy I work with would bring it in and we'd watch it during oh, lunch. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then I I got you you and Brittany into it. And, uh, you know, I, I still just, season four is still just unbelievable. I mean, that's some of the best television that just happened ever. You know, that was so great watching Dexter and Trinity, like, fucking just duke it out mentally. Yeah. No, and I'm 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 very curious. I mean, I'm like I said, no spoilers, but after what happened uh at the end of season 6, mm-hmm. uh, how the hell is season 7? I mean, going to wrap up, you know. Well, I think we're on season 8, so I think Are se- we? Yeah. What the hell? Season 5 was Season 5 was Lumen. Yep. Season 6 was uh, Travis. Oh yes. Season yes. seven yes. was okay. Sorry. Um, the uh, fucking mafia dude. I don't know if, yeah. The fuck is he no, I liked. I liked season seven. Season seven of season, Dexter was season really good. six was. Season six was kind of made bad. me rethink my entire Dexter experience. Actually, I was very disappointed in in the way all that unfolded. That was. I felt I was being taken advantage of as a viewer, watching that. I didn't appreciate it. It made then, me kind of upset. Yeah, season seven kind of came back. Like, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, cool. You you got me back. And then I I've watched the uh, you know the trailers for the, the upcoming season, and it it looks really good. And you know I don't want to like get too excited and let down. So I'm keeping my cool, and I I really want to appreciate the end of Dexter. That's all. I I think it's gonna end. Somebody very important is gonna die. Well, that's yeah. my theory. Well, that's I mean, how does any good show end? Tell me, how about any good show end? What are your favorite shows? Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy died next. <laughs> they both died? Both died. Um, what else you got? Seinfeld. Seinfeld, all four of them died. I don't think that happened. Newman lived. Newman lived. And he went to Jerry's funeral. Oh, speaking of Seinfeld, I w- when I was in New York um, this past week, you know, I'm, I'm in, I stayed at the Manhattan uh, at Times Square. And I'm in my hotel. I'm getting ready to go to bed, and I turn the TV. I watch TV. Seinfeld comes on. You know how awesome it is to watch Seinfeld when you're in New York. It was a different experience. Oh yeah. Do you feel a little different? I did. Oh yeah. I like, this is great. Well, you ate at the restaurant, right? I did no. twice. Nice. I've never been. Yeah. It's nothing special. It's a diner. It's, I like diner food. That's why I eat at Babe's all the time. I hate Babe's. You know you don't. No one Although I did this. have a, a on your birthday, it was good, but I was also like wasted. So why would I ever go to Babes <laughs> with like a clear mind? Yeah, that's true. You know, that's not an option, really. So I think that about wraps it up for this remote collaboration episode of the Studio Cellar. I love the enthusiasm, Jim. I don't know where you came out with that, but I love it. If you'd like more information. Please navigate on over to www.thestudioseller.com. That's right. Or facebook.com slash thestudioseller. We've got new likes. We want to keep them coming in. That's right. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' friends. Tell your grandma. You said that last time. Uh, did I? You did. I just burped in the microphone. Ugh. Oh, man. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Is that? 
Is that, is that appropriate? Appropriate. No one can say behavior on the on the air. No, it really isn't because no one can actually excuse you. Because, That's true. I mean, you can. I'm not gonna. Oh, okay. I've been going away from the mic the entire night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, uh. All right. Uh, so, anyways, I'm Tom. That's Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Are you shitting me? <laughs> oh hey. God! This is a flashback to the last Coco show. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Why do you, you in a panic? <laughs> I know, you don't, I don't even know. know your own. <laughs> no, I don't know. All right, I'm Jim. I'm Jim. No, you're Tom. You're Jim, and we're off. Oh, I guess it's our turn to do something. Yeah, stupid, yeah right? I don't know. I don't know what to do. Now I know how our guests feel. Stop that. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. God damn it. No, it's all right. I'm not getting hurt. It was just pretend. You like pretending, right? Oh, we never told the audience who got shot on the last episode of season one. Yeah, it's all right. No one got shot. Okay. Have a good night. <laughs>